Good evening, sports fans. You're listening to the Perpetual Diehards podcast. I am your host, Andrew Fiore. I'm here alongside Paul Smith. Well, not physically, of course, but we are live from the comforts of our own homes. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We are moving into a new format, I should mention. We're going to do two 30-minute segments per week rather than one hour-long show. But we still are going to cover a lot of ground today, a lot of ground in our next show as well. And we're ready to get going. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, 30 minutes to cover now. And, uh, no, it, yeah, it's weird, Andrew, that you say that we're not physically next to each other. Because we talk to each other once a week. And I feel like the next time we see each other, it's going to be really weird. Because it's going yeah. it, it, to feel like I've seen you once a week and on a regular basis. But I, I don't think... I don't think you understand how long my hair is right now. Like I'm just letting it grow. Back in high school, you know, you, you got the hairstyle that's kind of long, kind of like a mullet. You just call it the flow. That's what I have right now. I never thought I would get it this long. It's insane. Well, I got a haircut I mean, scheduled for Thursday, though. I'll be good. Now's the time to experiment with growing out your hair. I mean, no one can see you, I guess. Yeah, I've been getting at home haircuts, not going out yet. But, like, yeah, I what you were saying before about actually seeing people after talking being weird, uh, I saw a few friends, a sm- very small group. Uh, and it was like we've been texting throughout all this, but it was so weird actually seeing them. Yeah, it's like you kind of show up and it's like, so what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I know, like, <laughs> it's so weird. But uh, we're moving our way back into normalcy slowly. Absolutely, and it's great to see. Like the the more the more news I hear, the more excited I'm getting for like August, September, October, because you're gonna have a hockey format hopefully back. And we're gonna get into basketball. Basketball just released a statement about their playoff format. NFL yeah. planning to start on time and. Fingers crossed, baseball would be back. But before we get into that, you know, this last week, this early June, has uh, it, it's been a momentous uh, part in the news cycle. And, uh, you know, with the horrendous killing of George Floyd and a lot of protests, a lot of people speaking out. And I, I think that there are a lot of people out there that can do a much better job of highlighting uh police brutality and those issues better than us you know our job right here as kids interested in being diehard sports fans you know our thing is to try to distract you from everything that's going on and try to prevent uh, present a a sense of normalcy so you know it's great it's great to see athletes that are out there speaking up um, and trying to make a change and obviously yeah I think uh, as human beings you're for that but you know, right here we're just we're here to talk about sports, and you're listening because you want to hear about sports. Yeah, I agree. I'm just I gotta say something about it quick. I mean, it's the time to be silent about it's over. This is just horrendous. This killing, the racism in our country, and I think there are plenty of people right now doing it right. They're working for change to end pr- police brutality and racism. And I think we're going to make some progress here, hopefully. I think everyone right now knows this, this is a horrible thing, uh, almost everyone. But uh, we're working hard to make change. 
and I think our country is going to unite and uh, solve this problem. Absolutely. Everybody understands that this is a horrendous racist act. And uh, you know, the perpetrators are in jail. They're going to be prosecuted under the full force of the law. And hopefully they'll see the rest of their lives in jail, if not, if not you know, an extended period of time. Absolutely. So, and that's all I got to say. I mean, there's nothing else that I can add that's of value. Right. I'm not uh, qualified per se to, to speak out like this, but um, let's move on to sports. That's right. The big news of the week, as you uh, hinted at earlier, the NBA is returning and they even gave us some dates. Uh, July 31st opening, well, reopening day for the NBA. They're going to play a few regular season games. I want to say eight. Uh, but just to determine those last seeds, because I believe the Trailblazers and the Pelicans were in a tight, tight race. They want to get that settled. And then That's right. we're not really sure about the format of the bracket yet, but we know it's going to be a playoff with the NBA Finals Game 7, if that happens, October 12th. A lot to look forward to. See, who are the two teams, quickly, um, that you talked about that were in the playoff race? Uh, the Pelicans and the Trailblazers. And I think the Kings are in there, too. Who's in it right now? Like, who's in the playoffs? Not actually sure. Okay, because... The, it may the, have been a tie. I'm going to have to check. Because interesting, I'm, I'm looking at this right now. The NBA Board of Governors voted, and the, the, the vote was 29 to 1. You know who that one against vote was? Who was it? The, the Trailblazers. Really? So... I don't really know what's going on there. I, I, I haven't really paid attention to the, the, the standings down there, you know, at the bottom of the pack. But no, I'm I'm really excited. This is going to be awesome. Shout out Disney, and the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex, where every team is going to be, uh, living, practicing, playing. I, I, you know. Andrew, this is going to be a really cool experiment that I, I, you don't get many opportunities for this, but the opportunity to have every team within the same facility and showing up to play on a daily basis, you know, that could be a really cool idea for a tournament. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, depending on how well, whatever format they're going to do, it's, I think it's, there's more Western teams than Eastern teams, isn't it? 13 and 9, with 9 being East. Oh, it might uh, be. By the but way, it, quickly, uh, it's the Trailblazers ahead by uh, 0.001 in the winning percentage column over the Pelicans and Kings, who are tied. Wow. So that would explain that vote. They're going by win percentage, by the way. Right. Yeah, no, that's definitely going to be interesting, seeing them all at Disney. Hopefully there's no... Uh, like resurgences of the virus. That's the only worry I have about it. But I I mean, it looks right now like uh, we're going to have a good playoff. We're finally going to have some entertaining sports. It's going to be a good race. I mean, the big teams are the Bucks and the Lakers, of course. I don't know if anybody's going to stop them. Uh, the Celtics, Raptors, and Clippers are other contenders there. Absolutely. But, I mean, yeah, even if – we all know it's Giannis and LeBron in the finals. It's still going to be a heck of a tournament to watch. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I, I think uh, you're right. It's it's gonna it, it might be a clear cut uh, for the final NBA finals. 
championship, but I'm just going to be happy to watch basketball. You know, I'm going to be watching teams that I would ordinarily never watch. And I mean, presumably, I don't know how many basketball stadiums or basketball courts are in Orlando on Disney's complex, but I would assume that they're playing all day long. I would think so. I mean, it'd be like March Madness with the NBA, which would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, I got to get this out. The first four days of March Madness are maybe my favorite sporting days of the year. I can't be- disagree. Because I remember, and I'm sure you feel this now, is that when you're in school, at right when noon time hits and the games all begin, you, you can't stay off your phone. You can't stay off your computer checking the scores. I mean, that, those 11 hours of games are just nuts. Freshman year, uh, it was the first time URI was in the tournament in uh, yeah. since 1999. I was in math class. I had one earbud in listening to the game. I was filling in my, <laughs> the kids sitting around me. Yeah. Uh, no, everybody was checking. I think the teacher knew. I, she gave us the rest of class to work. And I think deep down, she was like, yeah, they want to see this game. And we were all just checking. We some kids had it on their phones. We were all crowded around watching. I believe it was. No, it wasn't the first year. It was the second one. It was against Oklahoma that game. Did they end up? Which which year did they make? Uh, end up winning on a like a buzzer beater. It was a, like a really close game. On a buzzer. Oh. Uh, like I think it was two years ago. I know they won in overtime against Oklahoma. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, that's that game. I remember that game because I I started I started the game in history. We had lunch, and I remember, you know, my school's cafeteria, you had a, a small TV that would only be used for school ads. They turned that connected, they connected that TV to the cable, and the whole cafeteria was watching the game, which was so cool. And then, yeah, that was the Trey Young game. Yeah. The, we the held last, him down. The last period of the day, we were in math class, and ironically, my sister was the math teacher. Like, I kid you not. Wow. But, like, with the uh, – all my friends are checking the score. There was like f- three minutes left of the game. And at the end of the day, you know, I have some influence over my sister. I was like, Kendra, look, we're not going to learn the rest of the day. URI isn't close to Oklahoma. We're going to watch this game. And she has the projector. We got the game with the projector and we spent the rest of the day watching the game. It was awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> that was. I mean, I had to sprint off the bus to get to see the end of that one. In, uh... <laughs> in my school. So I went to Prout, which is in South Kingstown which is about 15 minutes away from URI's campus. So, and, and, and a lot of people move back, uh, what do you call it? So they move back and forth to and from Prout and URI. And a lot of people that go to Prout went to URI. So there's a lot of connections. And I don't know, that was such a cool feeling. And you can't beat it. The first four days, you just got constant games going. You got one game beginning and the game ending. These games have been going on this whole time. That idea of like so many different games and you're afraid of missing out, but you've got so many different games watching on your screen. Like I'm, I'm getting my words jumbled up just talking about it. But For me, it's always what channel do I keep on? Yes. Yeah, you're always going to have like the 1 and 16 seed. That game is going to be a blowout unless you're UMBC. But <laughs> um, everything else, like you keep an eye on the score. You know which teams you want to follow. You know everybody – who has a rational mind fills out a bracket, whether or not they know what they're talking about, they fill out a bracket 
And I feel I picked Virginia the year they lost uh, oh, no. <laughs> to UMBC, and then I didn't pick them the next year, and then they won. I think I had Virginia losing in the second round because they had been just disappointing in years past. So I, 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 I know I obviously didn't pick them, but I know I wasn't hurt that much. Yeah, uh, I usually go heavy on Villanova. Just as a, I'm also a Providence fan, so I always see how like dominant they are firsthand. Right. So I always like pick them a little higher. Sometimes they uh, disappoint, but other times they actually. Uh, yeah, you are a, you are a big PC guy, right? Yeah, I I like URIMPC. I'm there's most Rhode Islanders are they pick one. I I'm both. My cousin knows a lot of the PC guys. And uh, we go up there. I've been to a few games. Uh, okay. I've um. So I'm, you know, I'm close to the URI. You and I both are. But so you know, I've got a little more proximity to the URI. So I, I'll, I'll probably follow them more than PC. Like if they play each other, I'll follow URI. But being a diehard Rhode Islander, you know, I'll follow both teams. And I was so lucky, you know, being down in Washington. Uh, URI came down to play GW. Oh really? Yeah, and I was, I, you know, I was able to go to that game. You know, I had to buy tickets, but it was so cool. Just roadie on the road, wow. like showing showing up, being like the only roadie fan. And roadie won, like they steamrolled. It was awesome. And I missed, I unfortunately missed the other game because, shoot, either either roadie or PC, I want to say it was roadie. They came down to play Maryland which is a 15-minute Metro ride from my campus. And I missed that. But... Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was roadie. Okay, I think they roadie. lost that. Yeah, they, oh, I'm yeah. Sure. Maryland steamrolled yeah. them. Because Maryland had a – Maryland was probably one of the best – off. no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Dayton. But Maryland was a great team as well. Yeah, they, they were um, they were pretty they... high-seeded, I, I believe. Yes. And I was thinking of Dayton. But Dayton had one of the best offensive college teams I've, I've seen in a long time. And yeah, the, Dayton. Dayton yeah. was definitely something this year. But I mean, it was the the one time that Rhode Island played them. Uh, it was great that they hung in as long as they could. You know, they yeah. put up quite a fight. Uh, I I went to the URI VCU game back when VCU was a strong contender this year. Oh wow! And yeah. the place was packed. Even the governor was there. She got booed at halftime, which was great. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, Rhodey won. Fats Russell scored 30 points. Thank God he uh, chose to come in senior year instead of leaving. To the oh, draft. we did. Okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. The smart move. He's a uh, really fun player to watch. He is. Yeah. He's uh, spunk- <laughs> spunky. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. He, he kind of dropped off from that first year. He was great because all the pressure was put on him. He became the lone star. But right. he's still – he's hung in there. You know, it's he, he it's resolve. funny. My brother's always been a huge URI fan, and back when I wasn't really uh, interested in it per se, you know, he'd always come up to me and say, "Hey, Paul, you should really watch URI this year. They're going to be great." And he said this like seven years ago, and I remember I remember keeping track of them a little bit, and they always had a losing season and didn't make the tournament. And every year he'd come up to me, "Paul, they're going to be good. They're going to be really good this year. They got some great prospects. Got some great freshmen." And finally, they made the tournament, made it to the Sweet 16, obviously. And he was, he was like, "I told you." I was like, "Yeah, you, you were five minutes late, five years late, but yeah, yeah, you were right." Yeah, I got on to it a little late. I mean, and 
out of the two, I probably the one that's doing better a little closer. I'll be honest. Like yeah. uh, at the beginning of this year, I wasn't following PC at all. Really, I knew they oh, kept sure. losing. I checked the score. I was following URI more. Well, URI but, went on a tear at the end of the year, and at, at the end of the, at the beginning of the year. Like I, yeah, that's right. And PC was on fire at the end of the year. Yeah. They they got like a nine seed almost. Like that's what they were projected before this happened, obviously. That's right. We can yeah. do, we can honestly do a whole segment on college sports. Just because I I, I think it's such a fascinating uh, part of the game. Yeah. In, in in which, you know, you don't have um long extended contracts and there's a there's a huge aspect of the game in which you gotta think long term but you realize that you can only keep most of these guys for three or four years. Yeah, it's a got, whole and, new team every four years. And you got to cycle through and rebuild your team each time. And it's and I, I love watching teams like Syracuse, you know, Jim Boheim's Syracuse team that focuses strictly on defense. I think that's so much fun. In contrast to the NBA where, you know, it's, it's who, can sc- who can score an all-time record. Hey, I saw the pack line live. The uh, Virginia guys. That was yeah, something you did. to watch. Told, yeah, I um, mentioned this last week, but that was that was something to watch. The, the the tight game at the end that I was talking about last week. The final score of that was like forty-eight to forty-five. It's insane. That's low for college. And it's not Virginia, like they were playing poorly. No, they weren't. Like, and that, that was, they're the masters they of they're the masters of uh, defense in college. Yeah, press Virginia. Yeah, they're they're a great team. I really would. Yeah, I really hope I can get to that at some point. Yeah, I mean they're projected to be really good next year too. Their only issues were early on in the year they were struggling on offense, but then they got their act together more and they moved up considerably. Sure. Um. Anything else you want to say about basketball? Um, I'm well, excited. I'm excited for it to start. The- so am I. And uh, and look, we need sports like more than ever. And I would like to take this time for my weekly, it, it seems weekly, a bashing of the MLB, which is just shameful, absolutely shameful that with each day there's less and less optimism that we're gonna get a deal done. Like the the owners, I think their most recent offer was a 48 game season look i'm sorry if you end up doing that and a team wins a world series because they have 48 they played 48 games i don't think you deserve the world series yeah i don't know i mean i've said i believe it was one of the first weeks i said this I don't think there should be an asterisk by any championship this year, unless, of course, there's something like the Astros. Uh, but because this whole situation makes it harder for all the teams anyways, so that's like a whole new challenge replacing the old challenge, in my mind at least. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm leaning more towards the owners a little bit just because it's done been the players doing most of the rejecting. I think one of the sides, I don't care what side it is, one of them just needs to just give in. They're yeah. so hard pressed on their goals. We're not even gonna have a season. And these carts, these contract arguments, everyone forgets it's one year. I'd understand it a little more if it was for the next like twenty years. It's one year. 
So we're probably not even going to have a season because they were arguing on a contract for the season that never happened. That's exactly, yeah. And the, the one-year argument is huge. Um, you know, I've always been kind of pro players. But, look, they have no excuse right now. Because why? You, yeah, like you said, you're going you're gonna to get a pay cut for one year. Either way, if you want to screw over the owners, then you need to take a deal. Because if you get no deal, you're the only ones that are hurting. The owners, you know, they save money by not having a season. Right? Because then they don't have to pay the players. They don't have to pay anybody. They just want the TV deal right now. Yeah, it, it's it's sickening that the players are, are this uh, close-minded, that the owners are this greedy because they know that the players won't agree to it. it if we don't have baseball, there are going to be a ton of people leaving. I would, It's going to be hard to watch. Yeah, I would say that this this would be like an irreparable move by baseball if you don't have a season this year. And every every other league seems to be able to have their act together. Now that you've got the NBA, the NHL with return plans, the NFL is moving on as planned, and baseball is still in the lurch squabbling about money, you got to be joking. Hopefully they – I mean, they do still have a chance at it. Uh, I, I'm keeping out hope. I don't know if the 4th of July is a possible thing anymore. No, I think uh, Ken Rosenthal said that, that that's pretty much out of the question now. Uh, it's which such a shame. I think I had bet a little bit of money that uh, within a family bet that I, – I said the start day would be July 6th. I said after the 4th of July weekend, that's a Monday. Uh, I said that's when it would start. But I, I don't think that's going to happen now. I'd, I'd yeah. be happy to see an August start now. I'm looking right now. The players said that the teams are depriving America of baseball games. It's both sides. The players are it's acting both. like this whole stoppage is the owner's fault. It's actually the players who have declined most of the agreements here. Yeah, I mean, you can you can make the argument that the owners aren't being reasonable, but they're giving you something. It's – look – I don't, I don't know. I, it's tough to talk to millionaires and say, like, uh, take take a pay cut. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's sad. It's, it, it's sickening. Get your act yeah. together. Speaking of players, though, uh, today was the 10th anniversary of the drafting of Matt Harvey. I don't know if you remember him. Of course. But local what guy, a player. Yeah, Mystic Connecticut. He's got a very interesting story, and I watched his career with great interest. And it was just, it's, it was one of the classic rise and fall stories. This guy, I remember when he debuted too, he was, he was nuts. And I mean, he was playing for my team, which was exciting. 2013, he hit his peak stardom. He, he started the All Star game in New York, he was fourth place in Cy Young voting. Then he got Tommy John in 2014. But then after that, he came back as strong as ever. 2015, had a great year. Uh, led the Mets through the playoffs. There was a controversy, though. Uh, he was supposed to be shut down for the year because of his, uh, his issues there with his arm. But 
he right. didn't, and he played through the playoffs, and he was pitching a great game in Game Five of the World Series. And yep. after the end of the eighth inning, he argued with then manager Terry Collins, saying he wanted to go out there. You can't take me out of this game, and Terry let him go. And it's so criticized now. But I, yeah, in retrospect, it was horrible move. But at the time, I think everybody, I think anybody would have made that decision. I think I so, w- especially I, because the Mets bullpen had blown a couple leads before. Yeah, right? Jerry's Familia blew game yeah, one. That's right. End game four, I believe. I think it was four. Um, so I know yeah, he no blew one. Yeah, I remember it all too well. Uh, <laughs> I was watching that game. I was hoping he'd stay, and then he did. And the worst case scenario happened. Then he got injured again. Then he uh, he returned, and his numbers were bloated. And then his ego, which was already large to begin with, it was making itself more apparent. Because once the star numbers disappeared, there was less, an, less of an excuse to act the way he was, which I'll get into in a minute. But now he wants to play in Korea to come back. Interesting. Yeah. And you know, it's, yeah. If, he's, if he's ready to turn into Paige, I'll always root for him. Yeah, so no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to hear those stories. I've got a signed jersey of yeah, his. But... That's, that's awesome. Um, quick, quick side note. On, on managers and decisions like that. I, I always feel like it's tough to armchair quarterback that just because, you know, there are always some that are clear cut, like Rady Little in the 2003 ALCS when he ch- chose to leave Pedro win, when you've got a stellar bullpen. You know, um, Terry Collins in the 2015 World Series, you know, you had a bullpen that was kind of been blasted before. So I can understand leaving Harvey in. And it's kind of like uh, the Pete Carroll complex. You know, in the uh, Super Bowl, Seahawks versus Patriots, the obviously the uh, the Malcolm yeah. Butler interception at the goal. Except line. that one, that that call was a little more, but like, I don't know. I think the textbook play at the one yard line, especially in the Super Bowl, is to run it through. Exactly. I think that one's a little more clear cut. But, but see, that's the thing is because everybody expects a run. So if you make that throw and you win, and you win the Super Bowl on that. Pete Carroll is hailed as like one of the greatest. Uh, that's one of the greatest coaching decisions of all time. But now because Malcolm Butler anticipated it and intercepted the ball, uh, it's seen as one of the worst. Yeah. You, you can't really win. You can't. And Matt, I mean, Terry Collins, I, he gets too much blame for it. Yeah. It, it's well, really, it's tough. New York fans are always passionate. Um, yeah. Are highly opinionated. If, if they're not intelligent, they're highly opinionated opinionated i say that right? i'm yeah. uh like I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not i'm not saying you're unintelligent oh no no yeah no, no. i I'm, I'm but you know that goes for yankees fans and mets fans yankees fans also have the addition of being jerks because they always win mets are the complete opposite so i can i can tolerate the mets fans a bit more yeah but uh, there's been issues with Yankees fans. Uh, oh, yeah. Video came out of them uh, tossing beer at an Astros fan trying to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. That's ridiculous. And torment. Uh, they were chanting at Granky over a medical condition yeah. of well, his. That, that's Every too team much. has it. Um, I'll always point out Yankees fans because I'm a Red Sox fan. That's what I do. Yeah. And Sox fans, I mean, they they were yelling out racist stuff against Adam Jones. Remember that? 
Oh yeah, I'm sure no, you do. No yeah, te- no team is no team's completely innocent. Yeah, Boston's had some very uh, disgusting things. Right, but, right. You know, because we're fans, you know, you kind of—I uh, don't want to say brush it under the rug, but everybody understands that it's it's wrong, and that's the, yeah. that's a very small minority of the fandom. It is, and, and, yeah. that, and that obviously the game, does, minority, the, the, game, the game does not promote it. Like it, it's it's not encouraged within, yeah, within the right. fandom. So, but I mean, Matt Harvey, it was I think it was his lifestyle that did him in. He was out partying every night. In the New York Post, uh, big story today that had interviews with ev- like a ton of people involved, including Harvey. Uh, there was a quote in there. It said, uh, Harvey was getting more page six headlines, which is like the entertainment section of the New York Post, than Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, I'm, uh, I'm not surprised. A, there was a ton of stuff in the news, but he was like uh, Kyrie Irving a little bit. Yeah. I'd say, but except more heavy on the partying. Right. And uh, it reached a peak <clears throat> when there was an issue with he was trying to date a model, and then she rejected him and chose Julian Edelman. <laughs> and he uh, just skipped practice because he was partying all night trying to feel better. Yeah. There was um, also inappropriate items in the locker room, too. And it got, it got so far that he, his ego was just too big. And, and that's, that's a, a shame. Lesson. Yeah, it's, it's a lesson. It's always a shame to see players that, you know, they have potential for greatness but they let themselves get in the way. You know, yeah. Matt, Matt Harvey, um, another example that comes to mind, Josh Hamilton. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's a more a name that evokes more 2010, 2011 memories than Josh Hamilton in his prime. Yeah. But, I mean... Don't forget the whole Browns roster, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's a shame that, that they choose that lifestyle and they have potential to be great. And you got a whole other category of players that have the potential to be great, but are hampered because of injuries. David Wright, my favorite player of all time, he was bound for a Hall of Fame. He had the numbers. Yeah. And then he, there was a freak play in like 2010. He got spinal stenosis. He missed a few years. It was hard to watch as a big David Wright fan. He was the player of my childhood. He'll always be my favorite athlete, even over Brady. Yeah. I mean, my. And the, the one good thing is he got the send-off he deserved. Those last yeah. two games, meaningless games against the Marlins, jam-packed. Like, I, I think they were fuller than the World Series games or as full. Yeah. Uh, although he didn't end so – like, he didn't get any big hits or anything. It was still great to watch. He gave a speech. One of the most emotional games I watched. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I would say mine. You know, growing up, I've, I've kind of been – a 90s kid by proxy just because of my siblings and you know being born in 1999 um so my brother's favorite player was nomar nomar garcia para yep and so i kind of i, I kind of grew up my early childhood especially kind of like this this godlike figure of nomar and you know that that's kind of lingered like i i would say that he even though i was five when he left the red sox like I would say that he's maybe one of my favorite Red Sox players, and and a guy whose peak career was better than Derek Jeter's statistically in every way, 
so he, he would he would have been a Hall of Famer, but as soon as he left the Red Sox, his injuries caught up with him. And uh, and he had a good send off too. You know, it's it's one of the biggest shames that the 03 team didn't win, the 04 team did win without Nomar. But I'm glad that you know he he came back to Fenway as an Oakland Athletic, and you know there's a YouTube video if you want to watch it. It's like a two minute standing ovation that Fenway gave him because Nomar was the Boston Red Sox for a period of years. It was Nomar and Pedro, and that was it. Yeah. And I mean, for for us, it was just David Wright for a while. Yeah, Jose Reyes and Jose Reyes retired the next day. And I mean, by the way, we went up to you there. It wasn't. It was, it was probably longer than a two minute ovation for the Mets. There were like several ovations. It was a whole like t- I, I was I wanted to go but I couldn't. Uh, Jose Reyes came out and hugged him. He gave a whole speech. It was filled. It was just applause for like ten minutes straight. Yeah. David Wright is he if his number isn't retired, it, that's gonna be too much. And I'd like to go to his number retiring. Yeah. Because he was he was the Mets, like you said about Nomar with the Red Sox. And he's he was a good guy. He was a just a great he guy. Was. He was humble. Or is humble. I'm talking about him like he died. Jeez. <laughs> uh he's one of the best guys in baseball and he had that reputation and he still does. Yeah. And he's he's no Matt Harvey, he's no Kyrie Irving. I remember one of my very first baseball cards was a David Wright, like box tops, do your homework card. I remember getting that. Um, yeah. You know, I'll, we'll, we'll end on this, I think. And we'll, uh, you know, for next, next segment or next show, I think what we can do is uh, our favorite underrated players who I think would have made the hall of fame. It wasn't, if it wasn't for different circumstances. Yeah, well, we just teased uh, our top two. Oh, and I could talk for Nomar for five shows. Yeah, so I could but. for David, too. <laughs> but um, everybody, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, um, as always. Stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. And uh, take care, everybody. Peace. <laughs>